Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. And I know it's hard to believe Mint can be any good for just $15 a month. So let's ask Wasim Iknabi, one of Mint's first customers, if he has any issues with Mint. No, the service has been great. And under my ownership, it's going to get even better. How? No clue. Still $15 a month though, right? Yep. To learn more and see our logo, go to mintmobile.com slash Spotify. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming now, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger, ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show. With Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome in to the Lowdown Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. We've got a chock full show, as usual. Got some with it or quit it to play. BJ's best. What's on Drew's mind? Talking some NBA Sacramento Kings on the topic of Ooh. conversation today. It's very uncharacteristic, I know, who talks about oh. them very much. I don't even yeah. know if Sacramento does, but we're going to <laughs> today. And we're talking some WNBA playoffs semifinals. Game one has happened. We got to make some predictions on game two, game three, possible game four. Gotta Might make well some predictions. Finish the series at this point. I don't know. I mean, we think about it. <laughs> but, but it's all on the menu today for the lowdown. So we're we're back at it. We got a lot coming up. BJ, are you ready to go today? I am ready, Drew. Let's do it. All right, let's get rocking already. So, as I said, we're gonna be talking about the Sacramento Kings today. Mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings, BJ, have not made the NBA playoffs in how long? Do you think? Well, let's see. We were kids, so that age that ages it a bit. Is it uh was it sixteen or is it seventeen years now? Sixteen years from now, sixteen. I think it's sixteen. So, so you're saying two thousand and four. Well that would be eighteen years. So wait was it Okay, sorry. Two thousand and six? Yeah, I, I think it was 05 or 06, somewhere around there. It is there, really. 06, okay. 2006. Okay. Sacramento Kings have not made the NBA playoffs since 2006, which is wow. the longest drought in the NBA. They lost to the San Antonio Spurs in the first round in those 2006 playoffs. And there's nobody in the league currently that has ever played against the Kings in the playoffs? <sighs> That's a good question. Because, so. you know, well, I know some of the players like LeBron, they wouldn't have met because the Kings never East. made it to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I think don't... there are. Well, didn't Melo? Melo, maybe? 
That's maybe, possible. but well, that would have been he would have had Denver. Like Denver two wasn't years. quite good at that point, but, but and then I think they got right after Sacramento's playoff yeah. streak because I mean you talk about a, a team that was so close so many times in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, it was the Sacramento Kings team. You know, there's, there's still some conspiracy theorists out there in California to this day that believe that the NBA gypped the Kings out of a finals appearance in order to allow the Lakers to make it. So, but, but they, they still have yet to, you know, when get to back to the promised land there, I think they have the second longest, active playoff drought out of any of the major uh, sports leagues in North America, Drew. Do you think if anybody was, if the NBA were to remove a team and replace them with the Seattle Supersonics, would it be the Sacramento Kings? I I think that would be the most likely choice. Now I know there were, there was talks about it, you know, a few years ago and, and, and Sacramentoans, as you'd expect, they, you know, revolted. They didn't want their, their team to move. But when you look at it feasibly, Drew, there are three other teams that have had a lot more success in the state of California. The Kings Arena is, I think, you know, it's not up there in terms of where, you know, the Warriors just moved into the new uh, Chase Center or whatever they call it, Chase Arena in San Francisco. The Lakers and, and Clippers obviously sharing what was formerly known as Staples Center now is crypto arena or something like that crypto.com yeah yeah i i i can never quite remember what those those sponsorship names are um so you know it it kind of when you look at the viewership and the fandoms that are for those three teams compared to sacramento and how much of a unquenching thirst there is for a professional basketball team up in the seattle and and you know tacoma olympia you know those areas spokane especially you know in in washington up in in the state of washington you know it makes sense because you don't have to move the kings as far as as like when the sonics moved to the oklahoma city to the become the thunder You'd, Mm -hmm. you'd be relocating a team you know less than you know thousands of miles away uh, away from where they were and it's still feasible that kings fans could become sonics or trailblazers fans or they could just shift you know and, and go to the, the bay area team or, or whatever but in, in terms of feasibility that's really the only team i could see ever relocating to become seattle if they don't get their own expansion sonics team yeah i honestly bet they get their own expansion sonics team and you know mm-hmm. No teams will be subtracted from the NBA. They'll just be added. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as the Kings go, BJ, last season the Kings went just 30-52. and 52. They yeah. did, however, only come four games shy of making the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. And LA Lakers, who also missed play-in tournament, finished three games better than the Kings. Uh, Kings, they did have some things in the offseason they wanted to address they wanted to address some shooting mm-hmm. they they got uh keegan murray on draft night malik mm-hmm. monk in free yeah. agency and then later early in july almost two months ago probably mm-hmm. actually almost exactly two months ago to the date uh acquired kevin herter from the hawks yeah so now the roster is as stands bj i mean mm-hmm. they'll probably i mean they're gonna cut down but like here's what yeah. you got Harrison Barnes, Quinn Cook, 
Terrence Davis, De'Aaron Fox, Rashawn Holmes, Kevin Herter, Josh Jackson, Jeremy Lamb, Alex Lynn, Trey Lyles, Sam Merrill, Chamise Metu, Davion Mitchell, Chime Moneke, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, KZ Okpala, Nimaias Queta, and Demontis Sabonis. Very good, very good. Let, let's uh, let's make this a little bit easier sounding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Starters. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Maybe Herder over here. Yeah, I would say I, I would think so. You go three guards as opposed to uh, three bigs. Mm-hmm. So. There's your starting lineup: De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Demontis Sabonis, and Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. How many wins does that team get next season, BJ? Well, I mean, when you talk season. about when you talk about the additions that they've made, you know, you feel like they they got to improve again because I've been saying that this young talent this Kings team has has to get it figured out at some point, and I don't know if it's just that they have not gotten the right right coach in there to figure it out or or what their problem has been but they've got talent they can compete for for the play-in tournament in terms of where i expect them to finish it depends i mean the west is going to be stacked again this year it's, it's just there's no denying that because you know you talk about all the talent that all these west teams have and it just it feels like it's almost impossible to you know get through that ceiling and get into at least the play-in tournament to give yourself a shot at the playoff. And, you know, I, I'm questioning, Drew, I guess, would if a play-in tournament appearance, would that count as a playoff appearance for Sacramento? Would that end the drought? Or do they have to actually qualify as seven or eight in order to snap the 16-season the playoff drought? Oh, they definitely have to end up making the playoffs, like okay. succeed through the mm-hmm. play-in tournament for it to count. Gotcha. Uh, play-in would just count as play-in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's an achievement of sorts nowadays, and I mean, it would be one for the Sacramento Kings if they made it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's something that they got to look forward to. I mean, that's that should be the first goal right now, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you were four games out, but like, hey, it's time to make yeah. a play-in. If we qualify for a play-in next year, playoffs, playoffs. Well, but I was going to say that the thing about it, when you look at the West as a whole, yes, you were only four games out of a playoff play-in spot this year, but it was also a relatively down year for those teams that were in the play-in. If you take out Minnesota, who had a really good year but was just a couple games back of Denver and should have automatically, honestly, been a playoff team regardless, I, I think that you know the way they do the play-in is, is kind of a little – you know, screwy, and, and we could talk about that, and we have talked about that at a different time on, on how we can revamp it. But you talk about a New Orleans team that was 10 games under 500 finishing as the, you know, eighth seed because they won the the, the second spot in the playing tournament. Clippers team that was without Kawhi Leonard and and, Mo, and for the entirety of the season and, and without Paul George for a good majority of it, they were only two games above 500. And a, and a San Antonio team, Drew, that really just – 
walked butt backwards into that last spot kind of by default because they were passing the baton with the Lakers like, here, I don't want it. No, you have it. No, I insist. Right, really. right. You know, they, they were going no, back you. and forth. So I think I think out of these teams, you'd expect the Lakers to improve. I think San Antonio is probably going to shift itself down a little bit. New Orleans should be getting pretty good again with, with Zion and, and that team that they've got you know, competing again, I think they will be closer to 500. And then, I mean, out of the teams that were ahead of them, only Utah realistically could expect to see a drop. So where is the avenue for, you know, this Sacramento team? Even if they improve by five wins, you know, in a a given year and and go like 35-47, that would have been good for a playoff spot this year. But that cannot be said for every year that that would be, you know, a playoff a play in spot even. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to take a another, I, I said five, I said five wins. I think if, if you get, oh, five you know, wins. you expect them five win improvement. And I, I still don't know if that's enough to, to get so in the play in tournament. So that's 35 and, and, and uh, 47. 47. Yeah. Okay. 35, yeah. 47, hmm. which would have put them uh, just a game behind new Orleans this year at the nine spot. Or actually, it would have knocked out San Antonio. They would have been the tenth spot, and they would have, you know, been that last team in if they had been five wins better this year. Thirty-five and forty-seven for the Kings. Man, yeah. I don't know. It, it may or may not get you a play-in spot. I mean, you I, I like their talent. I like Keegan Murray. I like, you know, one of the guys that I like that I hope gets a, you know, a, a good look and gets a lot of minutes this year. Sam Merrill um, as one of their their wings and complementary to that backcourt. Um, I just I don't know. I don't know if it's if five wins is going to be enough with how stacked the West is to be a playoff team. I really want this Sacramento Kings team to improve. I really do. I don't like seeing them being down for so long because I mean you remember the Mike Bibby, Paige Stoyakovich days, and you know, this Kings team should be back where they were back then. I got a tough question for you, BJ. Okay. Who do you which young team do you think gets more wins this season? These young Sacramento Kings or those young Detroit Pistons? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's very likely you could see Detroit get more wins. I mean, they've got so they okay. they start they start off with a lower bar because they were twenty three and fifty nine a year ago. Sacramento just quite you know seven years better at thirty and fifty two. I could see both teams being right around you know that thirty five win mark this season and. Detroit being in the East, I feel like is you know if they were at thirty five hey, and forty seven. Don't underestimate the East, BJ. Look at the no, East, no, I know. I'm not saying that that it's going to be easy. Arguably but, deeper. Yeah, thirty five and forty seven. Drew would have put the Pistons this year where the Washington Wizards were, which was eight games back of Charlotte, but only two back of New York for being that eleventh spot. So they could very easily be competitive late into the season for a, a playoff spot if they if they improve by 12 wins this year. Mm, we'll see. Definitely some interesting stuff. But Sacramento Kings Absolutely. trying to end a long, long drought, BJ. Yeah. It has been a long time since they have saw the playoffs. I hope that – I hope that – Yeah, I hope they don't make it 17. I hope that their fans can go on to Fanatics and get some Kings playoff gear next season. Drew. Yeah. Be happy about being a Sacramento Kings fan. They got some merch at Fan- they got some merch at Fanatics. Just go get it. Be happy about getting some wins. Because if Absolutely. you don't, you might lose your boy De'Aaron Fox. You'll keep Keegan <laughs> Murray, but 
some of those players you yeah. might not have anymore. And you just got Sabonis. Come on, you got stuff. Yeah. You got stuff Come to on. work with. Come on, got stuff Let's to work go. with. Just get it right. And you know, while we're still talking about the Kings for now, for now, mm-hmm. for now, new head coach in the yeah. building out there in Sacramento taking things over. That's Mr. Mike Brown. He was introduced as head coach of the Kings on June 21st, just a little over two months ago, BJ. Mm-hmm. He took over. Mike Brown has seen the NBA Finals as both a head coach and an assistant coach. And you're telling me that Mike Brown, the Mike Brown, Mr. Mike Brown. Mike Brown? Can only get this team five more wins this season. I'm not Please. saying I'm not saying that as an indictment of him or this team that has a lot of talent. I'm just saying you look at the West as a whole. How can you expect anything more until we see them play out on the court, Drew? I mean, you hey. you think they're they're going to be able to you know get a couple of extra wins on the road against a Denver or? You know, I mean, we talked about Utah taking a step back down, but you know, wh- where do you want to expend some wins? Do you want Dallas to go and lose to some to some Sacramento or? Hey, BJ, let me let me see if I can change your mind about what Mike Brown could possibly do with the Sacramento Kings. Okay. As a head coach in the NBA, and his tenure as a head coach was the 0506 season through the 13-14 season. Okay. Yeah. He had six seasons with Cleveland, two seasons with LA. Yeah. In Cleveland, he was 492 and 305. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. 305 and 187. Right there. Oh, okay. total, total games was 492. 305 gotcha. and 187 mm-hmm. with a winning percentage of 0. 0.62. Mm-hmm. 62%. Very good. Very good. And in LA, he was 42 and 29 in his two seasons. 59% winning percentage. And an overall career winning percentage as a head coach of 61, rounded up, 62%. So but he's a winner at the helm. And that he's it, been under, hold on, and he's been under a championship regime in Golden State since they started winning. After, actually, after their first championship, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, after the Cleveland loss, Mike Brown yeah, showed up. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, you know what you didn't mention, Drew, Drew as a head coach. Oh, come on, give it to me. All right, so he did have he LeBron in, he, James. I get it. He had he was he had not only LeBron James, but he also had Kobe Bryant. He had two generational top five athletes in their sport all time, and it's hard not to be a winner when you've got two athletes that have that level of greatness inside of them. I mean, it's it's yeah. I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. But where is the top five all-time player in Sacramento this year? There's not one. Hey There's man. a you know we got we've got potential players that could be very good, but do you see a, a top five player all-time in NBA history on the Sacramento Kings roster this year? I'm not I'm not trying to discount your argument. I'm just saying yes, he was a proven winner, but he also had LeBron and Kobe during that time. So it's tough if unless you just absolutely are a colossal f up, if you will, to not Ooh. win games. Okay, all right, <laughs> calling Mike Brown out there. I'm Golly. not. Tra- I, no, I'm not no. trying to call him out. I, oh. I think he's going to have a. I'm, I think he's going to be good for this team. Steve I'm Kerr just didn't saying, teach him I anything. Think, you know, until. I did not say that. You're putting words in my mouth. 
Well, by we God, have our PJ, first big argument went, of season three. <laughs> he went and got three more rings when he was in Golden State. Well, I said that's three very more, true. Three rings, that's, period. That's very true. Yeah. Bringing in championship prowess. I, I, okay, I'm done. I, I'm, de- just, I'm done defending the Sacramento yeah, Kings. I'm, I'm not I'm saying that I'm trying to attack them. I'm just saying <laughs> let's let's temper expectations because you know what happens when you build up that hype so high and it all just balloons out at the very beginning. Just ask your favorite Nebraska fan how they're doing this week. Is is Sacramento an attractive place to play? I wouldn't think so. No, honestly, Drew. I mean, I mean, know, at the, this the, point, like if you're if you're you know, looking for a place to play, a star or a free agent. I mean, you got some pieces to work with, like you say. I mean, Sabonis, yeah. Aaron Fox, yeah. You know, Harrison Barnes, nice player. Keegan Murray out there now, and if, if you're asking, the- if you're asking just about roster, then yes. If you're asking about the other factors that go into it that these free agents look at and and these players, then then it's a no. I mean, if okay. if Dallas isn't attractive as a you know, and it's a you know, top five market, media market, and, and has a lot more to offer than the capital city of, of California, then, then it's not going to be the spot where free agents are coming to wine and dine, you know. Well, I'm sorry I talked about the Kings too much today. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, we, we've got to give them their due because, as you said in the beginning, who else is talking about Sacramento in depth right. like we did? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to move on from the other part because that took too long. So That's all right. We, we, we'll the, come back to it next week. Uh, we don't have to, but it's all right because it's time for BJ's best, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir, Drew. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I don't want to bring the mood down, but I I've had a pretty tough day because I'm not gonna go too personal. But today is, you know, is is a date that I. I have to deal with in my own way. I, I lost a, a dear family member of mine a year ago today. So I, like I said, I'm not going to bring the mood down, but that's kind of been what's weighing on me today. And and so I wanted to find something that I thought might make us laugh because we all handle, you know, grief and, and emotions in different ways. So I found this article, Drew, uh, from The Athletic. It's called Hello, Coach. It's called The Colorful History of Coaches Taking Live Calls on Their Radio Shows. I know you and I are are very familiar with talking to head coaches. We don't quite do uh, radio shows or anything like that. But I thought you'd find this interesting because it's it's very, you know, it's something that we might be dealing with in our in our futures at one point. You know, so it starts off with um Let's go to the phone lines. You're on with Coach. Who's there? Hey, Coach. It's Mike from Milwaukee. This is Coach Barry Alvarez. Mike, what's your question? Or something like that. So it's, it kind of just talks about what um, you know, what some of these calls and some of like the funniest calls. I'm not going to read the article in its entirety, but I thought that this was very interesting. So this transaction or this this uh, transcribe uh, this transcription. That's the word. There you uh, go. Yeah, I, I knew I'd get it eventually. Uh, is from a uh, 1990 weekly radio show that Barry Alvarez was doing at his first season in Wisconsin. Yeah, so this is 30-plus years ago. Uh, this season for Wisconsin would not go well. They would finish 1-10, and and other than, you know, maybe his family, you can't really say there were a whole lot of 
people interested in the Barry Alvarez radio show at Wisconsin. So there was, you know, time to fill on the weekly show. And here comes a caller, Mike, trying to keep things positive because he says, quote, you can see the progress. There's good coaching. We're behind you 100%. Keep recruiting. Keep bringing in good players. We know you're going to do it. And then Barry Alvarez says something to the tune of, that's so great. I appreciate that so much. Thank you, Mike. Only the problem was, Drew, that wasn't Mike. He didn't live in Milwaukee. He actually was working right down the hallway. It was his uh, Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, Dan McCarney, using a mm. fake voice. Uh, and so they, they basically, it talks about how, um, you know, a, another caller named Wally from Wanakee was actually Brad Childress, who was their offensive coordinator. They disguised their voices, and when they would go on to have their own radio shows, and I didn't write, I didn't write this. This is what it says, which had even less interest. Which I think is just mean to say that those coaches that having their own shows had less interest. Um, they had to have friends and family call in to help fill the entirety of that hour. Uh, McCartney remembered they had drunk friends, his dad, and some other people who would call into Mike sh my show or Brad Childress's show. We kept the interest going when there wasn't a lot of interest early on. You won't read that in books, but it's true. So, you know, the, this is an interesting, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, you, you've heard of, of these call-in shows for a long time. Like, you know, you, yeah. you can look at SEC Country. Paul Feinbaum spends like four hours each week or four hours each day, uh, five days a week, talking to, you know, call in, callers about, you know, college football topics and, you know, Ohio State ain't played nobody, Paul. You know, stuff like that. Just you you can imagine, you can hear it. But it, it's funny how, you know, it, it affects the coaches because, you know, especially if there's not a lot of interest, you still got to do something. And then what happens when something goes wrong, for instance, like, you know, when Bob Stoops called out the fans for really, you know, not giving it their all after a loss to Kansas State. And the fan asks, uh, we showed up. We thought that uh, fan participation was there. What what about fan participation as opposed to player participation? Mm. So, you know, what, what happens when the, the fans are ready for, you know, the not necessarily BS, but if a fan is, is patient enough and, and will – you know, make sure to make the coach address his comments. You know, that that's not necessarily what uh, that's not necessarily what a coach wants to have happen in, in the show. You know, do you remember a few years ago when Jimbo Fisher, there was a lot of rumors that he was going to leave Florida State and take the Texas A&M job. And then he ultimately did. Yeah. So there was um, Jimbo Fisher did a, a show while he was still head coach at Florida State. And somebody was able to ask a question on the mic and say, where is the loyalty to the program? So, you know, it, it just uh, basically the, the when, you, when you allow fans and when you allow calls to come in and you don't screen, you're subjecting yourself to pretty much anything. And yep. now, now the um, I, I think basically what they do, if they even allow fans to ask questions, they don't give them opportunity to – sabotage in air quotes for for our listeners uh they don't give them the opportunity to sabotage the interview or sabotage the show what they do now and i thought this was interesting is that they have to submit their question in writing 
and if they're actually at the event, wherever the, the coaches show is being held. And then they just pick questions out of either a box or, or a hat or something like that. Um, and just, and ask the coaches that way. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Again, it's a, it's an article from the athletic. It's uh, talking about the coaches interviews. It just came out on this Tuesday that we're recording this on, on August 30th. Um, so, you know, if, if you got the athletic, go ahead and give it a, a check. I mean, you can talk about, or, or they even talked about uh, in the eighties, uh, Tennessee quarterback, Andy Kelly called his head coach's radio show, disguised his voice and asked uh, the coach about a player by the name of Corey Booker. Head coach covered his microphone and said, who's Corey Baker? <laughs> he didn't know who one of the players on his team was because he was Yikes. a fullback. And so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's funny when, when you don't know, when, when a coach doesn't even really know like his team and like who everyone on his team is because, you know, fullback is a, is a position of a bygone era in this day and age, but yeah. used to be a real big, important part of the football game. Um, yeah, I mean, especially so. if you're a person bad with names like I am anyway, I'd be a terrible coach. I just like, it's not oh, you, yeah. it's me. I just, yeah. I don't even remember her. You name. got to, got to get numbers and, and just say, don't take it personal. I, you know, that's just who I am. Like, I mean, I see a face and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know who you are, but you ask me a name and it's like, well, I could go Adam or I could go, you know, Zonathan or something like I'd that. I'd definitely I, be the coach that's sticking the tape on the front of your helmet, writing your name on it with Sharpie. Yeah. I remember your name. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, that would definitely be me for sure. Yeah. I, I think you'd have to. So yeah. I, I'm wondering, you know, as we get ready to, to, uh, to, to close out this segment, um, have you ever had a funny moment in an interview or anything like that with a coach or, or a fan that came up or, or anything like that? And it's not necessarily the same circumstances for us at, at our level that we do, but you know, I just was curious. Just like any funny moment. Yeah. I mean, it not, doesn't necessarily sure. have to, you know, be like a fan interrupted or anything like that, but yes. Uh, perfect instance that comes to mind uh just recently in the wnba playoffs you know dallas lost in three to the connecticut sun and they hosted mm -hmm. their first playoff game so i mean obviously they were hosting the post game too so yeah you know, we talked to coach kurt miller first but you know i haven't been in very many sun uh media uh media uh, availabilities throughout the season so I'm not used to who their consistent media is, like everybody who goes and all that. So yeah, I was introduced to this person named Rafiq. And uh, he actually, I had heard him before in, in the Connecticut ones, but this one was just funny because like, or I'll, I'll actually back up. I won't tell you the game three one. I'll just, my first introduction to Rafiq, just when he hopped on uh, after game one and Dallas had lost, Alicia Gray and Ty Harris were on the stand and he pops in, he pops on, he's up for a question on Zoom. And uh, he asks a question about Satu Sabali. He, 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 he asks them as if one of them is Satu Sabali. And they look <laughs> at each other and like, it's this funny meme, like Alicia looking at, at uh, Ty Harris and Ty Harris, you know, just making this funny face. And <laughs> it, it's funny, but um, yeah, that was a hilarious moment because oh I mean, goodness. he's always a part of things, but... Um, yeah. It's just one of those rare things. But yeah, that was a, that was hilarious for sure. 
So not not anything with you and a coach directly, but just because you. you no, know, I mean, not we, with me. Yeah, we we've been in we've been in press conference rooms before, and, and like you know, it's it's never been quite so bad as like you know asking coach like if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be, or you know right. if you. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself or something like that? But. If I want to say coach specifically, I mean, it did happen to Coach Kurt Miller in game three when he when uh, he got on the Zoom. You know, it's just kind of because he asked kind of some wild questions sometimes, Scott and Rafik, and it was just like, <sighs> and then they answer. But it, it's just funny because, <laughs> I mean, they, they hear it. They have him all season. So I just I wonder yeah, what the reactions so it, are like from some of the it, other it players. Gets, I haven't it gets seen. to be a beating maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, though. You know, some some people are like we're taking it super serious on Twitter. Like, what are you doing? Learn these players' names, learn who they are. And like, I do get those <laughs> points, but it's it's still I mean, it's yeah. content for me. It's hilarious. So uh, I'll let those guys be mad. I'll stay over here and get a good giggle out of it because I got to. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, if there there is an art to doing a bad interview and we could talk about this another time. But, you know, it I think it takes more to intentionally tank an interview than it does to, you know, you know, mindlessly or, or not really even realize that you asked like a, a question that's like, oh, I'm, I meant to say this or whatever. You know, if you're intentionally doing it like to put the other person like, you know, make them feel like uncomfortable or whatever, I think that takes more skill. But I don't think anybody would necessarily try to do that in, in our environment. I just I think that that's that's something that you might see like with with a celebrity, for instance, or something like that. And speaking of instances with coaches, BJ, um, well, not necessarily instances, but speaking of coaches. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news. State Farm is there for all your what ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. Football is here, BJ. And yeah. the wait is almost over because a new football season, a new NFL season is about to start. I've already drafted two of my fantasy football teams, so I'm ready and raring to go. Uh, get ready for that NFL week one action with DraftKings yes, Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of foosball, DraftKings is giving <laughs> you new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5, yes, $5, on any of those football games and get $200 in free bets instantly. Yeah, Drew, you mentioned it. You've got you already two drafts done. I've got two this weekend. I can't wait for opening night, which is a week from Thursday. That's right. And if you want more action for Bills v. Rams – you can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. That's right. Not just you, but everyone can. You could get up to seven. If you get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. At and DraftKings, any point, Drew. And even if they suffer a loss, which, you know, the another Cowboys choke will – you know, as oh, long as they get up on. by seven, <laughs> as long as they get up by seven, you're a winner. And best of all, Drew, it's safe, secure, and reliable DraftKings is. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew. Well, you know. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this industry that we're in, we're always listening to audio. You posted just a clip earlier today on Twitter of your yeah. first touchdown of the season. I've I've got a you know, I've got some some audio that I need to go through. And so audio being such a big part of our lives, Drew, not just when we're listening back to game audio, but when we're talking to each other, when we listen to podcasts or even just listening to music. Drew, what have you been listening to recently? Well, for me, BJ, lately I've been listening to a couple of my friends that are artists. Uh, my my friend Cade, uh, spelled K-V-D-E on you know Spotify and Apple and all those other platforms for music. And my other mm-hmm. guy, 91 Thompson, some good artists out there, pop rap awesome. guys. Definitely need to check them out. But I've, I've been listening to their latest albums lately i i really love them it's it's some of their best stuff but you know i love to support my friends too it's not just support but you know their music is also good and it's been fantastic it's been fantastic i I love going back those albums those albums have been out for a few months now tossing it back to listen to them again uh one reason it's been really great to listen to is because i use my raycon wireless earbuds to do so yeah that's right drew and and you can see kind of a, a a very similar pack here uh, with Raycon's everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever. You can get the optimized gel tips that will give you the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. And you don't want to lose your earbuds when you're out for a jog or anything like that. So these will stay in your ear, and they are good to go. You get eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. And, Drew, it's no wonder that Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews, especially when you talk about, you know, the great features they've got, like the awareness mode where you can be listening to something but also be able to hear what's going on around you. Or if you just want to shut everybody up and just kind of ponder everything in silence – you can go into isolation mode and just noise isolate whatever you want with the Raycons. They're fantastic. BJ, I use them every morning when I'm walking my dog. That's when I get my exercise. That's when I get mm-hmm. those miles in because me and you, we've been talking about getting the exercise in. Losing Absolutely. Weight. That's Absolutely. when I use my Raycons for those workouts. I'm listening to my rep, my hip hop music, my stuff that gets me going. My workout playlists are bumping in my ears. And I like to have them really bumping. I like I like the bass sounds from my workouts. I like to get it bumping, get me pumped up from my yes, workouts, sir. you know, for my hip hop, my R&B, whenever I'm listening to that on occasion. But, you know, my hip hop pop you know my pop you know i don't i don't change it go back to balance i keep it at pace but you can like use it. balance for the pop as well but i i stick with it i like the boom my dad used to listen to a lot of stuff with some boom he had speakers all through his house so it's just kind oh, of what yeah. i'm used to at this point but i'm used to you know, the all the the speakers everywhere around and you get that kind of feel in your ear it's amazing yeah and you can choose one of three settings you can use the bass like i use on it 
uh, usually all the time, especially during my workouts, you can get a balanced sound or you can get a pure sound. They got settings that's customized, whichever you prefer, uh, and you can make that selection for yourself. Well, don't worry. If you want to know where to get your own pair of Raycon earbuds, here's what you do. You get in your computer browser. You go to buyraycon.com slash TBPN. Do that today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. That, again, is buyraycon.com, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash TBPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash TBPN. All right, Drew. Now that that is out of the way, and before we get back into listening to some more audio after the pod is over, i got to ask you, what's on Drew's mind today? Well, multiple things, but we're not going to talk about one of them because I just got to do all that work tomorrow, and you know we talked about it before. It's that football yeah. stuff. But today, yes. yeah. BJ, today is National Beach Day. Oh. It's National Beach Day. Beach, huh? Have you ever been to the beach? I have been to the beach, yes. What beach have I've, you been to? Uh, well, so I've been to um, I've been to Gulf Shores. I've been to the, the okay. White Sand Beaches of Gulf Shores. I was lucky enough to to experience the beaches of the at the Atlantic Ocean in Charleston, South Carolina. And I've I've kind of been to I think there was a, a beach that I went to around the Jacksonville area. So I, I've been to a few different beaches. I think the the best one, the prettiest one, was that uh, White Sand Beach at Gulf Shores. Though I, I think. You know, dollar for dollar, that's my favorite. Yeah. So you've, so how many in total? Uh, I I count three. I probably have been to Corpus and and Galveston, but I mean, yeah. So I guess five then. I just kind of thinking outside the box, outside of the state, the great state of Texas for you know some new beach experiences. Well, let them count because that's the only reason the most of mine count. I've been to three beaches and two of them are Texas beaches. You know, Galveston actually at its worst, so I really don't <laughs> have a whole lot to say about that experience. It's it's gotten better from what I've I heard. Have, I have heard that too. I have heard yeah. that too. Uh, I mean, maybe worth a return visit. Corpus Christi, of course, but didn't Very get to nice. enjoy it as like an actual beach visit because when i went it was in march during tipa as you know oh yes and uh, it was very cold and windy at the time so i didn't get to enjoy it like a beach but what the one that i did get to enjoy in florida panama city beach oh that's very Uh, nice from what i've heard so it's definitely that was a good one for sure got to go to that one multiple times used to be our church camp destination back when i was in uh middle school and high school at the in youth at, yeah. uh, at my church. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed uh, the beach. I love going to the beach. Love going yeah. to the beach. And today is National Beach Day. Um, if you haven't been to the beach uh, out there listening right now, I definitely recommend going to the beach uh, for multiple yeah. you know, reasons. Um, my favorite time to be at the beach is in the morning. BJ, uh, mm-hmm. I like being at the beach nice and cool. The sand is yes. cold and cool. Yeah. Uh, it just feels great, just kind of a chill, not necessarily going out and swimming or anything like that, yeah. or but just hanging out at the beach and just or just yeah. sitting there like with church camps. We used to have the little devotionals in the morning. I used to love sitting out there at that time of the morning, really early at the beach during the summertime. So that was a super cool experience. But anyway, National yeah. Beach Day. National right. Beach Day. We want to go through some of the best beaches in the U.S., all right. I was okay. hoping you might say that because I, I might need to add some of these to my bucket list. There you go. There you go. Uh, I've got 27 of them. Ooh, okay. okay. 
All right. I'm going to go from bottom to top. I don't know if we're going to come come by your Gulf Shores, but I did see a Florida beach that I will be mentioning. So All right. okay. we'll get to some familiar territory at some point. Uh, number 27, coming in to number 27, is Cape Cod. The Cape Cod region okay. of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts is an ideal beach destination for New England locals and visitors alike. This could be something you travel to if you ever wanted to go somewhere that's not like, oh, I want to go to Jamaica or I want to go here. You could go to Cape Cod. Okay. If you want to. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next up, uh, number 26, the Golden Isles. Golden Isles, Georgia's Golden Isles, are made okay. up of four barrier islands St. Simon's Island, Sea Island, Jekyll Island, and Little Simon's I- Little St. Simon's Island, that each offer unforgettable beaches. Uh, Driftwood Beach on Jekyll Island is a must visit spot thanks to its striking trees and driftwood covered sand. What part of Georgia is that in? Does it say, or does it? Uh, um, well, I'm, I'm trying to think. Georgia's pretty landlocked, aren't they? Or is it? Would would the area far east would be around the Atlantic? Well, it is. I don't know. The maybe, only thing I'm getting from any. this yeah. is that it's saying that on St. Simon's Island visitors should check out uh, East Beach, um, but there's nothing about exact location here for you. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can, we'll figure it. We can figure it out at some point. Cam's in uh, the chat saying that Jaws is set there. I think he's talking about Cape Cod, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good call, Cam. Uh, coming in at number 25, the Hamptons. Oh, located I've heard good n- things about the Hamptons. Located about 95 miles northeast of New York City. This is the only one that so far that's given like exact, like, hey, this is 95 miles north. Yeah. Uh, the Hamptons is famous for serving as a, a respite. Am I saying that right? Respite for city slickers who need to cool off in summer. This beach spot is filled with quality shorelines that will no doubt impress travelers who don't reside in the tri-state area. First-timers should visit popular stretches of sand like uh, Cupsog Beach County Park in West Hampton Beach, Cooper's Beach in South Hampton, and Main Beach in East Hampton. I've always heard a lot of good things about the Hamptons, but I've always heard you got to have money in order mm, to I to bet. be to be going up there and, and and getting to see some of the stuff. So that's that's on the bucket list, but that's low on the priority scale because got to get that money first. Yeah, this one also probably less familiar to you. Uh, <laughs> number twenty-four, Nantucket. Best known as a summer getaway for upper crust New England residents, the tiny Massachusetts island of Nantucket offers a collection of stunning beaches that appeal to every type of beach goer. I've never heard of the Nantucket beaches. The only thing I know about Nantucket is that limerick that's like, there once was a man from Nantucket, and then you can figure out the rest from there. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, we get, we'll get some more uh, recognizable stuff here in a little bit. Okay. Um, let's see, number 23, Huntington Beach. This California beach is nicknamed Surf City, USA. Yeah. Thanks to its consistently excellent surfing conditions, Huntington Beach is a great spot for beginners to learn how to surf. Since there are several surf schools and rental options here, advanced surfers will have waves to ride as well. Specific beaches to visit include Sunset Beach, which features a wide shoreline, uh, Bolsa Chica State Beach, where you can play beach volleyball and enjoy a bonfire, and, of course, mm-hmm. Huntington City Beach, which features a large fishing pier and plenty of space to spread out and enjoy the beach and see views. 
yeah, I've heard Huntington is really nice. And so that's kind of one up there. I'm, I'm sure that if, if Huntington's on this list, I'm sure Venice Beach is also on there. Mm, possibly. possibly. It's possible. You'll just have to wait and see. We'll just wait and see, yeah. Number 22, Cape May. The beaches of Cape May, New Jersey, are very family-friendly with most offering proximity to amenities like restrooms and dining venues. In truth, there are most almost too many beaches to count on the Peninsula, but some favorites include aptly named Sunset Beach, Quiet, uh, quiet Cape Ah. Quiet Cape May Point and the Cove, which welcomes surfers and sunbathers alike. If you plan on visiting between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day, keep in mind that each person uh, 12 and older must purchase a beach tag. Yeah, Cam suggests to uh, go full Top Gun and play volleyball and jorts like Maverick and Goose at that one. Okay. (laughs) Number 21, Hilton Head. Yep, I've been there. The sand on Hilton Head, South Carolina's wide shoreline, stands out for being fairly hard-packed, making it perfect for long beach bike rides. Though it's often overflowing with crowds, uh, Colony Beach Park remains one of the area's most popular options thanks to its ample amenities. If you're seeking a local gym, try Dreesen Beach Park, a less crowded version of Colony, or the wilder... Mitchellville Beach, which is best for exploring rather than swimming. Interesting. I have been to Hilton Head. It's been about 10 years now, though. So. Okay. How was it? It was very nice. I very much enjoyed my trip. Recommend it? I would recommend it. If, if, you, want, uh, if you want something on the East Coast that I think is, is actually pretty affordable, that, I, I would recommend that one. All right. Miniature fast forward here. I'm going to fast forward to the ones you might recognize and then i'll probably finish with like a top five all right okay jumping up 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 number 18 st petersburg yep i actually have been there bingo st petersburg florida known as the sunshine city is a reliable option for travelers seeking sun sand and relaxation st pete beach located eight miles southwest of downtown st petersburg offers miles of shoreline perfect for water sports lounging and picnicking as well as a number of surf shops and dining venues to enjoy afterwards. St. Yeah. Petersburg also sits close to Fort DeSoto Park, a 1,136-acre park with a quieter stretch of land or of sand and ample bird watching opportunities. It's a beautiful area. The whole area of St. Petersburg Clearwater is just phenomenal. The the sand is is so pretty, Drew. So pretty. This will probably be a familiar one to some because this is a familiar name to me. Key West, number 17. Uh-huh. Home to the southernmost point in the continental U.S., the most well-known island in the Florida Keys offers a casual yet eccentric getaway. Check out Mallory Square shops, bars, and performers for a taste of the electricity or electric electricness is that a word uh the best beach in key west is part of fort zachary taylor historic state park which boasts clear turquoise water and a great snorkeling opportunities smathers beach which is a smaller shoreline and less than a um, less than a mile long offers a suburb location in the heart of key west and amenities ranging from food trucks to water sports equipment rentals i've heard of it i've never been to key west i had definitely have not next up Number 14, Miami Beach. Miami Beach, Florida caters to party, mm-hmm. both party hungry and relaxation seeking beachgoers. 
You can spend your days setting up some sun at Lummis Park on Ocean Drive, which is fitted with two outdoor gyms, a pavilion, and multiple playgrounds, or lounging on the quieter sands of Hallover Beach Park. But make note that clothing is optional on this stretch of shoreline. Ooh. Oh, wow. Nude nude people out there. After the sun (laughs) sets, following the buzzing nightlife to South Beach. Uh, Kansas is overrated. I wonder what you take of that. Miami Beach overrated. I mean, who knows? I have never been. I've never been, so I can't judge it. I would like to know. We'd like to find out. Yeah, Just keep your clothes yeah. on if we ever make a lowdown trip down there. I, I can't. Uh, I won't be, won't be I don't walking think we around selling the goods. Won't be walking <laughs> around selling the goods. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's see here. We got some familiar ones back to back here. Number thirteen, Naples. This quaint Florida town overlooking the Gulf of Mexico offers not only high-end shopping and fine dining, but also some of the country's nicest beaches. Del Norwegian's past. State Park features a number of quiet spots with clear water for swimming and snorkeling, while Louder Milk Park is a great option for visitors who want to kayak, paddleboard, or simply lounge on the warm sand. For exceptional sunset views and expansion, pier ideal for ah, and an expansive pier ideal for fishing and leisurely walks. Venture to Naples Municipal Beach. It sounds like I got to add it to my bucket list. There's a uh... You got something, a lot of beaches something right in the family, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And number 12, Laguna Beach, located about halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Laguna Beach offers mm-hmm. miles of unique beach terrain, ranging from caves to tide pools to surfs or to seaside bluffs. Popular shorelines for swimming include Main Beach and Crescent Bay Beach. Beach Crescent Bay Beach. Goodness, if I could talk today. Meanwhile, <laughs> nature lovers who would rather picnic and take in the views will love Heisler Park, which features a walking path elevated above the scenic beach. The area offers unique, varying surf conditions, and beaches like Brook Street and Rockpile are favorites among surfers. All right, skipping ahead. Laguna Beach sounds so nice. Hmm. Hmm. All right, I got to I got to do these two. Clearwater Beach, number 7. This 3-mile beach located on a barrier island in Clearwater, Florida is ideal for active travelers and relaxation seekers alike. There are plenty of opportunities for paddleboarding, snorkeling, sunset cruising and sailing. By the sand, the water is warm and calm, and there are shaded cabanas available for rent. Plus, the shallow water and a playground area near the pier makes Clearwater Beach perfect for families and young children. Yeah, there was a, a really good movie. I think it's Dolphin's Tale that they did around the Clearwater area. Uh, fascinating story if you ever get to go down there. <sighs> Almost there. Almost Next, there. Number six, Malibu, which you could probably add to the bucket list. This famously beautiful yes. seaside city sits just about 20 miles west of central Los Angeles. With so many options, it can be difficult to decide which beach to visit in this area. Zuma Beach extends for two miles and features strong surfing waves and whale-watching opportunities. As the name suggests, Surfrider Beach is one of the most popular spots for surfing and is conveniently located near the Malibu Pier. Just north of Zuma, El Matador State Beach offers striking views of cliff formations. Point Doom State Beach is also, also a worthwhile stop. If you're in the area, hike a short trail at the Point Doom Nature Preserve for a picture-perfect vista of the Pacific Ocean and the surrounding mountains. Sounds like a beautiful place to visit. And your fast-forward top five. Number five, Honolulu. Number four, Sanibel Island. 
number three, Destin, number two, Kawhi, and number one, Maui. Yeah, I've heard really good things about the Hawaiian Islands. Never gotten to go. But that that's really good. I mean, there's a lot of good beaches that I have been to, and, and I would say that they are absolutely deserving of being on the list. Nothing I'm in Texas, the, though. Should have just done like a top ten, saved ourselves some time there. That's all right. I think it's okay. We How often do we get National Beach Day but once a year? Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is what's on Drew's mind today. Perfect. Awesome. Well, good stuff from you as always, Drew. Good to hear that you've got the last little bits of summer on your mind wanting to head out to the beach. But instead of heading to the beach, why don't we head back onto the hardwood and let's talk about the WNBA playoffs. Semifinal round just started on Sunday and the road teams were both victorious. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, Drew, with Seattle and Connecticut both getting road wins in game one. Were you surprised by that? A little bit, but not really. From Chicago, you know, they allowed New York to get a, a road winning game one. So, you know, that's entirely possible. And Connecticut in the press conference post game talked about how hungry they were because, you know, this is their fourth straight appearance in the semifinals. So they want to yeah. break through once again and then finally come away with it. So, you know, they're determined and they know what they have to go through to get there. And, uh, you know, Chicago's got just as much determination to be the first team to go back to back in 20 years. And, you know, they've got a really good team. So, I mean, it's going to be a battle. I think that one is going to be a really fun one. I mean, both sides of it are going to be fun. You know, Seattle came in, took care of business in a, in a, a hostile environment in Vegas and got the win. So it's not surprising just because we have the four best teams in the league playing right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So anything can happen. And I think both of these series are going to go five games yeah. and um, it's just, it's going to be some high level basketball. And uh, so it's not really surprising, but it shouldn't surprise you if, you know, those two teams don't finish as the victors because anything can happen. It's the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really surprised. I, I was kind of more surprised that Seattle was able to win because of how poorly they have shot the three-pointer against Vegas all season long. They've had struggles. They get a win, but they were 5 of 22 from downtown, just shy of 23%. I mean, Vegas has done phenomenal work all season long, and you might have to correct me. They may have gotten one win early in the season when uh, – before the the aces started rolling, but is this the first victory for Seattle over Vegas this season? Because I thought that um, Las Vegas had won at least three of the four coming into the game one. Um, I'm not sure off the top of you know what the regular season record was. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it doesn't matter when you get to playoffs, but right. But you know that could be possible. But you know you're talking about. A three-pointer. Heck, both teams shot pretty bad from the three in game one. Um, you know, just one make better with the Las Vegas Aces, six of 23. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is going to be a game of, you know, runs just like it always is and, and who can step up. And, you know, if, if teams are running row games like that, you know, stuff could switch over and uh, home court advantage could be really big. Um, a deciding factor later on. Some things I question in this series, though, are, you know, can Sue Bird continue to play 36 minutes a game in the series? Yeah. 
37 for her in, in game one, Drew. Yeah, yeah. if you round it up, 36-47 to be exact. That's yeah. a lot of time in that game. But I'm just, yeah, I'm saying like, and then her backup, Brian January, 927, not much. But, you know, just two people, you know, right on the edge of retirement here. Um, but especially Sue, I don't think they're going to, you know, change anything about, um, you know, adding a significant low to Brian January's minutes. But, you know, that's a lot of minutes for Sue that I feel like can be exploited yeah. if they, if, uh, you know, teams start attacking the guard position, which I mean, very much attacking when Kel Kelsey Plum's hoisting up 23 shots. Yeah. Um, didn't really go in as much as she'd like it to, but. You know, definitely can go at those players. You know, it worked for Chelsea Gray, nine of fifteen. So, but you know, the Vegas Aces, if they want to win the series, they got to get Asia Wilson going, and she's got to get going for real. She hasn't really gotten the playoffs going much yeah. so far. Eight, eight and twelve in that game, and didn't average too much in that first round series, even though it was sweet. But, um, you know, with this series, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight the whole time. I hope it yeah. goes to five. You know, you know everybody. You know makes predictions. Some sometimes, um, you know, stuff's gonna go seven or whatever. We expect this series to go seven. And it ends in five or it ends, yeah. you know, five or six. You know, or something like that. So yeah. who knows here? But it's definitely it's definitely a good battle though, BJ. But um, no surprises here. These are again the four best teams in the league. So yeah. we're, we're gonna get top notch basketball every night. And I did go back and confirm Seattle did win in June. That was their only win against Vegas in the regular season. I believe it was at home. They did not win uh, in Las Vegas until game one. Uh, yeah, I was going to say with, with Sue Bird having that many minutes and you're talking about a team that, you know, has those two guards that are about to retire. Uh, what what do you think is the, you know, it's it's not necessarily the driving factor, um, but they don't have depth. So if, if Vegas can really keep attacking and, and forcing, you know, Bird and, and then January to, you know, be tired, play tired in these games, you would expect this to, you know, be almost overwhelmingly in Vegas's favor in that regard. But then, you know, if Asia can't get it going or whatnot, is, is there more to, I guess my question is, is there more to, you know, it's not necessarily playing tired, but there's more of that drive wanting to go out on top as opposed to, you know, letting fatigue sit in because you're about to retire. You got all the time you want as soon as the season's over to retire or to, to rest because you're not going to be playing basketball anymore. What do you think? I feel like there's some of that there. I mean, this is her last go at it. You know, she's <laughs> going to give it all she's got just like anybody with their yeah. last go at anything. Um, so I, I definitely feel like that's there. You know, the, the other players, you know, feel the drive. They kind of do it for her. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in free agency like this after this. You know, the band's probably not yeah. going to be together anymore. I mean, Jewel and Stewie got options to either, you know, stay or go elsewhere. And, you know, you know Stewie has been – there's been a lot of talk that she's definitely destined for New York. And who knows what Jewel's going to do. Jewel could be the one to mm -hmm. stay. Maybe Stewie stays and Jewel leaves. But – you know, the band will break up. You'll see a, a lot of – you'll probably see a, an interestingly new-looking Seattle Storm squad next year. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's definitely that drive there. And, and Sue's going to be fired up no matter what. You know, she's not – she didn't do a whole lot offensively in game one, just one for six and two points. Yeah. But she dished out 12 assists with no turnovers. So, she's always yeah. pretty pivotal for him. 
But yeah, Absolutely. but I'm, I'm still concerned about the minutes. But she seems to be in shape enough to handle it. We're just gonna see, because you know, I mean, if Chelsea Gray is gonna keep going at her and you know putting up the points like she's been doing in the playoffs so far, then it's gonna be a long, gonna be a long series for Sue. Yeah. All right. Last question I ask about Vegas and Seattle until we get to our predictions. Who do you think needs to step up more in game two for Vegas? Do you think it needs to be Asia or do you think Asia Kelsey Wilson. Plum? Okay. Asia Wilson. Not easy. MVP. No hesitation. The MVP has got to be the MVP. Period. It's got to be yeah. the MVP. Or what? I, who I think is the MVP has got to be the MVP. Yeah. Be that, MVP. That, was, that was my pick as well. Uh, so Straight I'm not up. that far off with you. Yeah. All right, we talk about Connecticut and Chicago. We briefly mentioned that Connecticut getting 68-63 win in game one. Dewana Bonner was the leading scorer for the Sun with 15. Um, so, you know, you talked about what Coach Kurt Miller said for Connecticut in the postgamer. Um, what what do you think was his biggest takeaway in terms of how the series is going to go when you've got to go up against the defending champs, like you said, who are trying to go for back-to-back and they've been there so many times. Is is there really? Do you think there's an edge, or is it just who wants it more? Um, I mean, probably a little bit of both. I'm sure there's some analytics that, you know, favor, you know, certain things that the Sun like to do. Kind of like you know, Connecticut found against Dallas, and and made mm-hmm. sure they uh, made a point of emphasis to beat beat them with. So I'm sure there's things that you know Connecticut has for. Uh, Chicago. I haven't been in the you know the recent stuff to ask or to to hear what those are uh, specifically from what coach's perspective is, but um, it's definitely it's definitely there's always a lot of drive. I mean, it's the playoffs, man. So people, I mean, the yeah. notch is just turned up no matter you know who you are. But there's there's a lot of emotion in this series in particular because, like I said, this is the fourth straight semifinals for the Connecticut Sun. The fourth straight. And they haven't come away with the championship. This is this is probably it for this band, this this group here. And yeah. if they can't get through and you know win a championship with them, then I mean, it, the band is probably going to break up straight up. I mean, yeah. it's just you're not going to see this this collection of players and and being built like this and run like this probably anymore. Um, you know, if they can't get it done now, because I mean. Are you keep are you gonna keep spinning that wheel with the same type of group again and again and again after four yeah. straight trips of no championship coming away with those semifinal appearances and at least one, if not two this year, uh finals appearances with maybe no championship. So um they've gotta get it now. So they've got that hunger to finally get some stuff done and get past the people that, you know, send them home. last time so um they want revenge um chicago's trying to protect what's theirs you know like i said trying to you know make some history as the first team to go back to back in 20 seasons and you know for candace you know it could be something that she goes off on the mountaintop with you know i don't want her to everybody a lot of people want her to keep playing and um she probably wants to keep playing but i mean if you go if you get back-to-back championships in your hometown i mean done something hasn't been done since yeah, your old team and your old teammate did in 0-1-0-2, then I mean, that's a good way to write the end of your story right there, you know. So yeah. why not go ahead and close the door? You won just about every, you know, accolade you can within the league, and you know she just she just made history recently 
in this game with the stat line that yeah. she had 19 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, uh, four steals. And six blocks, yeah. And six blocks in this game. And, man, it's just like, don't retire. Give us at least one more season if you're still doing this stuff, you know? Yeah. Second yeah. team on WNBA, still one of the top players in the league. You know, arguably should have been on the all-defensive team that came out uh, yeah. earlier today. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in this series and a lot of reasons to – find motivation and drive to play and um yeah. so i mean it's going to be it's going to be really emotional every game is going to be nice and heated and 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 excellent to watch so i mean if you're not a WNBA fan or you're questioning whether you want to do it or not check out these playoffs man i mean it's just it's incredible mm -hmm. basketball and yeah. it's it's high level stuff these playoffs are not going to disappoint it's going to be great you got two you got the two mvp candidates facing each other on one side and you got everything that we just talked about on the other side and everything that's going into it. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff at stake. So it's going to be some top-notch basketball, some top-notch yeah. basketball. And I was going to say my last question, uh, you know, you mentioned Candace Parker's stat line. And the teams were not too, you know, widely, you know, different in this game. They both were very similar in the percentages. I mean, 37% shooting for Connecticut, 35 percent for Chicago they shot a few less basket or they, they attempted less baskets and had a few less makes um, you know so the question really becomes you know where where is the biggest difference in game one in your opinion what 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 was what gave Connecticut the edge at the end because they're on paper as you'd expect very very similar evenly matched well it may be I would probably say the fact that Courtney Vandersloot had you know zero assists going into the fourth quarter yeah that's probably the thing you know just an uncharacteristic thing from arguably the best point guard in the league you know something yeah. you know if she's out there dishing it you know the ball is moving because she's you know controlling and orchestrating the offense you know her and candace parker combined you know two of the best passes in our league you know courtney yeah. courtney with what did i say courtney's had, courtney had two candace had yeah. four just six combined between those two I mean, five, yeah. five for Candace. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, even even so, you know, just seven combined. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, Candace did her thing. But, you know, you got to get more from Vandersloot. So I'm expecting probably a double digit assist night uh, on this on this next outing from them. But I think that was the biggest thing. You know, you know, the, the offense didn't get to get uh, orchestrated as ran through through its, you know, top notch point guard as it usually is. But um I did. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I fell asleep in the second half for this one. Ooh. But I mean, Man, that's not good. I know. I was tired. Stuff happens. Yeah. Is it was it just because of the late start or what? It doesn't help. No. They they had a game at what three and then a game at seven. They're, why why they, not just they, go back to back right into each other? Yeah, that was really spread out that day. But in I mean, they thankfully they're the earlier game this next time so i'll get to see yeah. that but um the nine o'clock starts are rough because i usually oh, yeah. fall i'm falling asleep then because i gotta get up super early so yeah i don't get to see the second half of the late game so i miss those sometimes but uh that's all good all right well prediction time real quick yeah yeah predictions. game games two through four i need winners for both series you got connecticut 1-0 up and 
Seattle up 1-0 as well. Let's start in the West. I would say the West because it's Seattle and Vegas. Let's start with the one versus four matchup. In game two, who's going to win? I'm going to go Vegas to take game two. Yeah, Vegas bounces back, in my opinion, as well. I think it's going to yep. be Asia that that uh, is going to lead the charge as well. All right, they shift gears to go to Seattle, game three in a 1-1 series. Home court advantage, maybe? I'm only going to make a game two prediction, and then I'm going to just do the series because I don't know about this game by game, but I know okay. Vegas right, will bounce do... back for two. All so right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – Vegas in five. All right. So he's sticking with what he had last week in case you forgot. He took initially took Seattle in five. Then he changed his mind, took Vegas in five. I said Vegas in five initially. I also have them bouncing back in game two. I still think they're going to have to take five and, and win it out at home. I think it's just going to be that evenly matched with the team splitting both home games and it goes down to winner take all. All right, let's shift gears to the East in air quotes with the two, three matchup, Chicago down one Oh, do they bounce back in game two? Drew? They do indeed. And I think they win the series in five BJ as much as I want Connecticut to write that cool little story and get another chance at the finals again. Yeah. I think Chicago can get past them. They definitely will figure it out in game two. And I think they figure it out in five in this series. Way Chicago bounced back from that game one loss to the Liberty. And then the way they just handled adversity every time the Liberty seemed to be poised to attack and, and you know, reclaim the home court advantage and, and possibly pull off the upset, just Chicago came out and, and was able to withstand it. And, and they ended up getting a, a double digit road win in game three. So I know this, this crowd, this, this team is not phased by a crowd. So I've got Chicago bouncing back in game two with a win. And I think they go on and win both games in Connecticut. I still think this guy can win this series in four. Oh, nice. I know. So, all right, that's our – what's up? That I'm not mad at it. No, I I think that it's a little bit bold, but, you know, I I think after last week where we were disappointed that I didn't get to do something bold in season three, I I think I need to be a little bit more bold this season. So, all right, Drew. It's time. Full yeah, with an acquitted. Yes, indeed. For the first time this year, Drew takes the crown, and he will be asked five questions. You heard it right, five questions. And he's going to have to say whether he is with it or if he's going to quit it. All right, we've had three seasons of this. If you don't know how the game is played by now, what are you doing? Just, just what are you doing? All right. Drew, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Drew, number one. All right, you, you obviously, I'm, I'm surprised you did not talk about it this week. House of Dragon has premiered two episodes. Wait, so now, again. I, I know, but I was going to say both, both games and Breaking Bad have built universes, if you will. And they now have. Both have spinoff shows. Breaking Bad also had a spinoff movie that continued to tell stories. So now that the both shows have versus the show that will end up with the better universe, maybe not necessarily the better show at the end of the day, but the better universe all in all will be Breaking Bad as opposed to Game of Thrones. With it, 
or quit it. You're not right for this. <laughs> it's going to be Breaking Bad because that, those, both of those, both yeah, I'm with it because both of those series, they're dang near flawless. Um, and Game of Thrones, obviously, season eight was its crutch, and House of the Dragon would have to be like 100 on every season of the rest of its entirety to really kind of even compete, but it's just not going to be able to. So Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are going to beat out Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon any day of the week. No matter how much of a Game of Thrones fan I am, I also really like both of those shows too. So I'm going to be honest here. Both, I'm with it. Both, both phenomenal. It's it's going to be tough to, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you, you've talked about how many times you do rewatches for Game of Thrones, and I had not done a rewatch of Breaking Bad in a while, and so I'm, I'm kind of up to season three. I, I know, yes, I know I need to start my Game of Thrones watch, but I figure there's less episodes. There, there. You turn my mic off. What are you talking about? I should turn your, I should turn your mic off because oh. you're over here rewatching other stuff before you start House of the Dragon. Okay, God, first please. of all, less episodes, it's shorter, it's it's more concise. What do you mean believe... less episodes? There's two episodes of the House of the Dragon out right now. You're talking about less episodes. Just I thought you were talking about Game of Thrones. I can I no, can I do that. House I can do I can do House of Dragon. But like, like I said like like I said last week, don't you think I should watch at least some of the original show before I watch no. Game the House of Dragon? All right. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have all to. Right. You can all start right. House of the Dragon, and then while you're watching House of the Dragon, when it comes out every Sunday, you can watch Game of Thrones as you go along, and it okay. won't affect anything. All right. Okay. okay. We'll consider it under under advisement. Consider it. <laughs> Listeners listening right now, you heard that BJ can watch this, and he is available to watch it. So – he now has. Well, I wouldn't say I'm available it. to watch it. I just you are available if, to watch it. Well, you are. I don't want to hear I, that. When when he's I find the time, yes, he find the time. He's available to watch it. If I'm available to watch it, he's available to watch it. And he is now committed. He has to watch it now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right number two. So, yesterday we saw another one hit by the machine albert pujols he is now at 694 career home runs lifetime he's really gone on a torrid pace over the last month or so the question is because this is his final year and he's in his 42 i think age season he will get to 700 he's six away from 700 he'll hit six more home runs before he retires and be only the fourth player all time to hit 700 home runs with it or quit it with it he's so close is they're gonna they're gonna make sure he gets it yeah i i, I hope i hope you're right I've, I've been really just you know this is this is the closest thing for baseball that we've had to like, like you know home run like chase or anything like that since 1998 with, with the, now with albert so it's exciting to to watch his at bats see if he's gonna you know hit another one out so i'm, I'm hoping he does all right, number three. So this is so this is going to be a little bit interesting, I think, for uh, for yeah, for for just uh, purposes. Okay. So the um, the question is, Drew. Huh. It's more important to have 
more in your phone battery than more in your gas tank. So basically, you'd rather have a closer to full battery in your phone than a closer to full tank of gas in your car. With it or quit it? No, quit it. I need No, you'd rather the gas. fuel? Well, because I'm a, my phone battery is going to die way faster than my gas is going to be burned. I need gas, more importantly, on a day-to-day because -day, I got to get to work that I need my phone. I can go to work and not need my phone. But you could also, if you don't drive your car or you need a ride, call somebody as long as you've got a full car, full phone battery, even if you don't have gas. So the same logic works in reverse as well. But I need my car. That's just true. I know. I know the, the car could break down and, and you know be out of gas or whatever, but you still, as long as you have your phone battery, you could call for help. I could wave down and get help. So make well, but then that, that poses the stranger danger. We could go all day with this. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right, it, Cam. Gas, gas greater than phone. That's what I'm talking about. It is what it is, I suppose. All right, Drew, number four. Let's find out how good your friends are. You've got a best friend, I'm sure, right, Drew? The the uh, real sure. day one homie? One that you talk to about anything? It's okay if it's not me. Don't worry. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the question is, Drew, you would rather have that one friend, that one best friend, the, the day one, as opposed to multitudes of friends. Or you'd have all those friends, but no best friend. So basically the with it or quit it is you'd rather just have the one that's the best friend as opposed to the many that aren't as close as good friends. With it or quit it? Keep your circle small. One best friend. So with it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that would be with right. it. Yeah. With it. Keep Keep your circle small because that way, you know, less people given the chance to do you wrong in the end of the day, I would imagine. If you think that way, I'm, I'm hoping you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew. Last but not least, you ready for number five? Okay. Going to yes. talk about the NFL. And your right. Dallas Cowboys. Looking like maybe a, another double-digit win total. If they are able to do it, if they can get 10 or more wins this season, it would be the first time since the Super Bowl days where they had back-to-back -back seasons with double-digit victories. Are you with it or are you going to quit it that they will reach the 10-win mark this year? I'm with it. I think they can get 10 wins. Can get 10 you think wins. they can win the division in the NFC East? Maybe. Maybe. I think they can get 10 wins, though. I don't know if that'll get you the division. It could. It, it very Philly's well could. Really good. Yeah, Philly's going to be good. It's just how does Jalen Hurts play this year? Just hasn't been a back-to-back -back winner in that division in years, and I don't know if we're going to do it again. Very true. Uh, I think the last to win it back-to-back -back was uh, New York, wasn't it? Don't remember who it was, but it's been about 16 years. Oh, like yeah. So that's probably the Eagles' days then, back if it's been that long. Maybe McNabb and them had it back to yeah. back. Well, you know, there was a streak there. They they were in the NFC title game Same like four years Bowl, in a row. Yeah. yeah. So all right, Drew, that's with it or quit it for this edition of the lowdown. Ha! Well, 
ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the episode as well. But don't forget your boys at the Lowdown, Mr. BJ, Mr. Drew. We're we're here at the Lowdown. We're partnered yeah. with Fanatics, and we've That's talked about Fanatics throughout this show. So make sure you go get yourself hooked up with some Fanatics. If you're a WNBA fan and you want some of these players merch, those jerseys are at Fanatics. Go shop at the Lowdown link in the bio at our social medias on Twitter, on Instagram, all our socials in the top corner, uh, right above BJ's head there at the underscore lowdown on all those platforms, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, the link should be uh, at most of those platforms in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And if you don't do the podcast, just uh, go down there. You got a link directly uh, as well. So just go in there and shop your WNBA stuff. And, you know, my NBA people out there, Get your Gamecock gear with this code, ain't or code, no code. I mean, well, I mean, Fanatics, you know, they got they got free shipping codes, so you yeah. could go through that link and use that free shipping code. I mean, man, you're just helping out us and yourself at the same time. I mean, look absolutely, at it right there. buddy, that's the way yeah. to do it. Hey, and if you want to get me a late birthday present, Mr. Ice in the chat, my friend <laughs> Kayla Davis, who plays in the WNBA, used to be a South Carolina Gamecock. So if you could hook up a uh, a, a Gamecocks jersey for you, boy, with Davis and the number three on the back. I'll appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. But, but yeah, any of that other stuff you guys want to get out there, shop it all, all of it, with the lowdown. And make sure if you're trying to get hooked up on DraftKings, you use code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Get those also, Ray don't Conner forget, earbuds. don't forget about those Raycon earbuds, as you said. Yeah, right there. BJ's on top of it. BJ's on top of it. But like I said, if you're not following us on social media, make sure you do that. And like I said, uh, in the previous episode, our mailbag coming up soon. Got some questions that have came in. Feel free to keep flooding them in uh, before the uh, next episode. We're going to be going ahead and recording our mailbag episode. Uh, So get those questions in. Give us that with it or quit it. And we'll go ahead and fire it up and and get that episode going and get that out there for y'all. So uh, we appreciate that. And, guys, uh, fantasy yeah. drafts on the, on the horizon for fantasy basketball. Don't be a, don't be asleep on that. It's going to be in the midst of this football season that you guys yeah. are managing your teams out there. Fantasy basketball is still out there. I do have a league. I do have a league. And we might even – we might make a lowdown league for, for, for you guys to join up in. Let's see what y'all got. See what you got. Let's see. People, Let's Cam see. in the chat, join Ice in the chat. Come on now. Maybe we can nay in there too. We can have a Heck good yeah. squad going. Heck yeah. But anyways, guys, that's the end of this episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed to us and are following us on all our socials. Uh, we appreciate the love today in the chat. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. And to let you guys know, like, what do you – Cam came in. Whoa, you guys are on early. I know. We are, we are figuring out our schedule. We have it figured out now. We're going to be on Thursdays. We're going back to our Friday night – or Friday drops. We're going to be recording on Thursdays and dropping on Fridays and recording at 2 in the afternoon. So make sure you wake up. Central time. Wake up with us. If you if you if you got a night shift and you're sleeping in, wake up. It's 2 o'clock. The lowdown's on. Come check us out. <laughs> but uh, we will see you guys next week at the new time. Back on Fridays for the drops. Recording on Thursdays. Come hang out with us. This has been The Lowdown. Let's get it. Bye.